everyone, it's Zoe. Thank you for being here for this mother kind moment on a Monday. I really appreciate you pressing that little play button and giving me a little bit of your time today to hopefully help you connect, find some calm and maybe even a shift in perspective before the crazy week ahead. This week's clip is one from way back in the archives. In fact, it's one of the, I think it was the first or second interview that I ever recorded for the podcast. And it is with the incredible Susie Redding, psychologist, coach, wellbeing expert. I'm sure you know the wonderful Susie. In this clip, Susie talks about why self-care should not be stressful, why one size fits all does not work, and how to figure out how to access your own bespoke, unique, totally right for you self-care ideas. Here it is. I hope you enjoy. I think as a concept, we've all heard of the term now. A few years back, that wasn't necessarily the case, but we all know self-care is something that we should be engaging in. It's still poorly defined, and there's a really good reason for that in that I think it needs to be a very personal approach. So for some people, there are some particular activities they find particularly nourishing, but those activities for someone else might not float their boat. So as a general rule... I would define self-care as any life-giving activity that either restores, improves, or sustains your health. And in its simplest form, I think of it as nourishment. I think that's a pretty workable definition. And I think that's helpful too in that one glass of wine savoured at the end of the day, that's self-care. But if that one glass of wine turns into two to three to a late night, then that's no longer self-care because it's not a nourishing act anymore. Yeah, I think that's so important, isn't it, to remember that it's about the individual. And I think you're right as well. You know, we're seeing this term more and more. And I think, you know, what's always slightly concerning for me is when maybe it's dictated to us what that self-care might look like. So I totally agree with you. Yes. It has to be different for each of us. How do we then work out what, what's right so how would I know what's right for me in that nourishment I think it comes down to it's got to be something that genuinely resonates with you as an individual so it's got to be tailored to your preferences your interests and your needs but it's also got to be accessible so there's no point saying to someone you've got to go out and have an hour massage if that's not realistic if it's too expensive or it's difficult to book the childcare, or sometimes those kind of activities can actually incur a lot of stress for mums because it's like, actually, I I don't want to be away for that long or I'm not sure logistically how it's all going to work. So it needs to be something that's achievable and within reach, within fingertips reach. That's Mm. really what I'm passionate about. Because you talk about micro moments of self-care and I just just love that, especially for mums. You're right. I mean, who really has got time to go and have a, you know, hour and a half massage? If you can do it, if you can get there, go for it. But yeah, we need little bite-sized chunks of nourishment that we can literally dot through our day. That's how we make self-care practical and accessible and really effective too. Because when you look at the cumulative nature of stress, And the number of times that we're drawing in our willpower to be the kind of mum that we aspire to be, we need little deposits in the energy bank throughout our day so that we can just keep going and keep giving, don't we? Yeah, I love that. This idea stress accumulates through the day. Mm -hmm. We need to counter that with also accumulating 
moments of self-care I guess to get to equilibrium by the end of the day that's it so we don't end up on the floor by the end of the day yeah we've got to be topping ourselves up regularly Mm. yeah so how would a a mum work out then what those little micro moments could be throughout her day okay the way that I work is with a framework because I think having sort of a series of categories is helpful for organizing it in your head Mm. because sometimes you see these fantastic um images of like a hundred different self-care activities and you, you look at that I and mean, there are some great ideas there but it's information overload but the way that I work with my clients is that I teach them it's called the vitality wheel and there are eight different spokes to that vitality wheel and basically each of those spokes represents a different way that we can nourish ourselves and activities might fall into a number of those different spokes but it's just a way of sort of organizing that information in your head so can I just take you through those eight spokes love you too yeah Yeah. okay so the first one is movement and nutrition because we all know that exercise has a potent antidepressant effect and we all know that we've got to feed our brain so that we can think clearly okay so that's the first spoke then there's sleep rest relaxation the big one (laughs) the big one but that's why i've got all of those activities in there it's not just sleep Rest and relaxation and breathing well will also stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system. And when you stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, it releases um, chemicals that mediate the stress hormones. Okay, so in the absence of good sleep, which we all know that as a mother, even when you do all the right things, there are periods of life where good sleep is just impossible. We relax, we nourish ourselves with stillness, with relaxing activities. Or in the absence of time for that, because let's be honest, sometimes that's pretty tricky too, isn't it? We can work with the breath. So breathing is a really, really potent self-care activity. Okay. And then briefly, just the other spokes, it's little mood boosting activities, like listening to a piece of music that you love or scent or zooming in on anything that you find uplifting nature. Yeah. It can be as simple as wearing an outfit that you love. That's a simple mood booster. And then moving on to the next spoke, it's about social connection. It's also about goals, about values, about channeling the environment that you live in, that you work in, that you commute in. You know, that has an impact on your well-being too. And that taps into the therapeutic benefits of nature. And then the last spoke of Vitality Wheel is looking at specific coping and stress management skills. So you can see how you can dip into those different aspects of the vitality wheel and in an instant there's something that can uplift replenish 